Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Out of the Blue. It is Sunday, the 11th of Feb. My name's Heather. And I'm Erin. Welcome to the show. You're listening to 3CR. You may be listening on 855am. You could also be listening online at 3cr.org.au forward slash Radio Blue. Or you could be listening to our amazing podcasts, which we started last year and we're really enjoying creating each year. Um, today's show, we're going to be talking about Valentine's Day, which is coming up on Wednesday. And we're going to be talking a little bit about well, how animals do it, really. Uh, hi, my name's Sarah. I love coming here because they offer vegan food. Hi, my name's Paul. I've, this is my first time at Friends of the Earth. I think it's really awesome and the food's great, really healthy and nutritious. Friends of the Earth Food Co-op, 312 Smith Street, Collingwood. A tuneful experience. A 3CR supporter. So welcome to Out of the Blue. Aaron. it's Valentine's Day on Wednesday. It is Valentine's Day. You got something planned? I don't. I've never really celebrated Valentine's Day. And look, I'm in a long-term relationship. Uh, Maybe I'm being a bit lazy, but we've just never really cared about the tradition too much. But that's not to say that it isn't a big deal for a lot of people out there. You know, I was at a bar last night. I was just with two uh, two friends, and we were actually discussing how, because I've been in a relationship for such a long time, I'm a little bit out of the game. I don't know how to get a date. I don't know how to flirt with people. That's okay. I'm in a oh, relationship. Oh, it's so weird out there now. Well, I don't, I don't need to. Look, I, I have no idea how to use Tinder and all that sort of stuff, and I'm happy that I don't. I didn't have to put up with all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't sound fun. It's a bit of a minefield. And they were expressing, these two single friends, just how difficult it was to find a date. And uh, okay. they, they were saying, you know, their age, they, they just couldn't find any el- eligible partners. Uh, mm-hmm. They didn't really know how to be flirted with or how to flirt. Um, I didn't have any suggestions. I think it's a dying art, really. A dying art? Okay. Yeah. Aside from Tinder, that's... I think people just swipe. Just swipe, okay. And then just hope for the best So my uh, an axe murderer. My suggestion should have just been, well, just to swipe right. Yeah. Just swipe right. But you don't want to swipe right to everybody. Did I mean, I get that, that just gives you an ego boost when you suddenly get lots of matches. Ah, but, I mean, it wastes your time. Well, see, I know that a little bit. I think you have to yeah. swipe, swipe right's at a good thing. Yeah. See, that's right how out good, of the game I am. Left is bad. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, animals. Yes. I mean, animals have to flirt with each other. Of course. And They've they got do to find so, a partner. They do so in a really extraordinary diversity of ways. And look, um, 
it gets a bit weird, but also can be quite beautiful. It can be, it can be. And they don't save it just for Valentine's Day, that one day of the year where people are buying all the commercial things that they're told they need to buy for their loved ones. And I did hear a stat today that if you get married on Valentine's Day, your marriage is 37% more likely to fail. 37%. Fail. Wow, that is a huge statistic. It is, um, it is. Perhaps people getting married on Valentine's Day, maybe that... Good luck. It's a bit of a corny date. I don't want to, I don't want to judge anyone out there, but um, look, mm, yeah, just going to imply. <laughs> yeah, and look, in the animal kingdom, there are divorce rates as well. Of course. I mean, animals don't stay together like we like to think they do. No, no. It's all romantic. Even but- the ones we think that are monogamous. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, so I was doing a little bit of research this week and I was looking at courtship mm. and how animals do it. Not that I'm suggesting we should copy them. I absolutely um, am suggesting that. I think that we should take our cues and our lessons from the animal kingdom. Now, I did mention that I've been out of the game for a while, so maybe I'm not getting this quite correct. But I absolutely believe that uh, you know courtship and mating has been evolving and developing over millions of years within the animal kingdom. Why you, can't we take some cues from there? And you've decided it's not species-specific then? Hey, I, I'm up for trying anything. Okay. Uh, we're going to diversify our habits. All right. And if... If it's good well, for one animal, for why is it good for my first suggestion, you're going to need to be able to hold your breath for a really long time. Okay. Well, <laughs> that, that, Don't know. Let's that, see that sounds like dating. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> green sea turtles. Oh, yes. We know they live for a really long time. Nemo tells us 150. I don't know if that's strictly true. Mm. I know they do say 80 to 90 for green sea turtles. Um, but green sea turtles, their courtship begins with coordinated circling of each other. Yep. I think uh, okay. I think that sounds really nice. Like they're circling each other and it's all pretty. And then they go to the surface for their first breath together. This sounds exactly like humans. We circle mm. each other in the bar and then uh, maybe go outside for a bit of air, a bit of alone time. Okay. okay. All right. See? You're going to find a human reaction for everything to this. Oh, yeah. Okay. So then the mating takes place over several hours. Yeah, I'd like to. I was about to yeah. say, I thought you were going to have a <laughs> comment there. Um, with the male holding on tight to keep the female just for himself. Okay. However, while the mating is occurring, the couple often has to outswim other males who will try to join in. Please tell me that is not what your dating involved all those years ago. It didn't involve that, but I can certainly um, imagine some scenarios where that potentially could be... A hurdle to overcome. Yep, right. All the ready suitors. As inappropriate as is to say, I'm thinking footballers right now. They've had some issues with mm. mating in the past. Well, heard about um, but what happens is some of those males will actually start fighting each other so that they have the right to join the couple. Oh. And in the meantime, the couple has a chance to escape and continue their mating in peace and quiet. Right. Okay. So while all the other males are having a bit of a biffo, the couple can actually get away. What was, yeah. the, what was the point of those males there, just to show who's boss? I don't know. That I, sounds remarkably like humans. Those males could have used their energy to find themselves another female somewhere else. Rather rather than just actually trying to figure out who's the alpha. Yeah. Yep, human unless, kind. Okay. I mean, unless they're in a situation where there are very, very few females and they need to fight, surely your energy, just go find another one. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't speak turtle. I can't explain it to them. Um, we then have some other animals that do some kind of weird stuff. Some use, I want to say growths or appendages. Growths or appendages. Yeah. So there is the hooded seal. Mm -hmm. Now the hooded seal uh, are a large seal species that are found only in central and western North Atlantic. 
So we're talking nice cold waters up there. Yep. They blubber along like a seal. So they're not a sea lion. They're a seal. And they blow up a massive red air sac from their nostril. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to draw lineages, uh, links with humans. Yeah. Here, but, uh- so it's massive red sac. They blow it up with their nostrils. And coincidentally, it's in the shape of a heart. Oh. I will put a photo on Facebook so everyone can go, oh, in their own time. <laughs> now. The great thing with these is it's meant to be used to attract a female. You want to show the female you've got a big, big red air sac. And it's also really useful, though, so that males can show their air sacs to each other and then that can prevent fighting, which uses up a lot of energy. So the two males come together, they blow up their air sacs, one of them goes, well, yours is bigger than mine, and he wanders off. And that way nobody's wasted energy fighting. And you can just go and settle down with the female and wait for a pup to go away. So what you're saying is in this particular species, uh, they show each other their big red air sac. Yep. And uh, if theirs is bigger than the others, that will prevent a fight. It can, yeah. Uh, guys out there, if you're looking for potential mate, you heard it. All you need to do is show your potential mate and your potential rival your big red air sac. And, and then you away will you be kicked out of the bar. Prosper. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she'd really appreciate saying that. Well, got to diversify. Um, then we have animals like the seahorse. Ah, yes. Now, seahorses do beautiful courtship dances. It's very fluid. It's very flowing. They circle around each other. They hold on to each other's tails. They hold on to the same piece of seaweed or seagrass. And the male blows up his pouch to show just how beautiful he is. <laughs> So if you're a male seahorse, you want a massive pot belly. That's attractive. This sounds perfect. That's what they want. Now, if you've got yourself a female and she thinks you're attractive, she will lay the eggs in your pouch so that you can fertilize them and then look after them. Great. <laughs> However, Solo dad. studies are now showing that they do switch partners. Oh. Now, in the past, everyone's like, oh, seahorses, mate for life. No. No? No, research shows maybe no. Maybe no. (laughs) Maybe no. Which is sad because some animals show incredible loyalty. Mm -hmm. Um, The waved albatross. Yes. Okay. Found around the Galapagos Islands. And each year the couples will reunite at the Galapagos Islands. Now they are very loyal and very patient. So in the early years it's easy. You know, your partner's going to show up. But as you get a little bit older, the chances of your partner not showing up increases because of age, there might have been predation, there might have been a lack of food, and they wait patiently for their partner. It's just sad. Hey. I I thought we were trying to give people examples of how to attract a mate here. Well, this is showing what you should do once you've got one. Okay, all right, okay. You should be loyal. Yes. And you should wait for them patiently. Even if they don't the turn Galapagos. up. In the Galapagos. Even if they don't turn uh, look, up. Oh, look, if I'm in the Galapagos, I'll probably do it as well. Okay. Yeah, right. well, there's Fair a lot on. of islands to choose from. you just got to make sure you've coordinated which island you're meeting on. Sure, sure. Okay, so you've got the seahorses and they perform an elaborate dance. Yes. Fantastic. I do love that. Um, okay. And yeah. that does relate to humans. Absolutely. If you want to attract a mate out there, if out you there. can dance it as a very useful tool, I can't. I'm very lanky. Uh, I just end <laughs> up um, elbowing or kneeing someone where they shouldn't be need, Ooh, just by okay. trying to dance. Yep. But anyway, look, that, that's my my uh, my dancing. Maybe you're a little bit better. Uh, but mm, then probably once got, not. Once you've got the partner, um, loyalty keeps them around. Good stuff. But what about the more traditional Valentine's Day items? I mean, okay, we've got the commercialized Valentine's Day. People often get flowers 
chocolates, mm. Beanie Babies, if you remember them. Mm. Look, whatever, whatever it is, that is the traditional Valentine's sort of uh, tradition. If, if you Be my Valentine. You give them a gift. And that's how we attract them a mate. Yep. Um, and there is an example of that happening in the in the animal kingdom. It's one of my favourite little examples. It's a Japanese puffer fish, mm-hmm. and it's quite incredible. Now, for a long, long time, divers around Japan were finding these two-metre-wide circular displays of sand in these intricate patterns, and they had no idea. Very mathematically accurate. Very ma- like you yep. look at them, and it looks like a computer could have generated it. Yeah, they're incredible. They're very, very beautiful. And they had no idea what could create Remember, it's two metres wide. Until about 12 years ago, they discovered it was actually just a tiny, tiny little fish. At the maximum size, this little Japanese puffer fish is about 12 centimetres wide. 12 centimetres long, I should say. And it, it- creates this two metre wide, oh, beautiful little pattern out of the sand. So what it'll do is go around and use its tail, sit on its side and squash parts of it and create a bit of a ravine and then lumps and bumps all throughout it and different sections, different layers all heading into the middle. That's not the end, of course. We want to get the flowers. We want to get the chocolate. This yeah. little fish will go along. He'll collect bits of coral, bits of shell, and he'll decorate the entire area to make it look pretty. No. Yeah. Okay. So it's all looking fantastic, but it also has a use. The female comes along. She'll swim around and around. She'll inspect it, see if it's up to her standards. It's got to be nice looking. But what they've found is the actual movement around and around these circular uh, impressions in the sand drives the finer sediment into the middle of this circular uh, pattern. And that finer sediment reduces all the water flow by up to about 25%. So it's a really safe place for those eggs to be deposited. So she'll go around and go, is this pretty? Is Okay, okay, this is up to my stands, aesthetically looking great. And then head into the middle and that's where she makes her final decision. Looking great, but is it functional as well? So we've got to think about both mm, those elements there. Nice, because so many presents we give at Valentine's Day look pretty and serve zero, zero function. Point. Like nobody needs a teddy bear. No one. No. Unless you're two. And that's yeah. fine. Absolutely, you're two. Perfect. Give a two-year-old <laughs> a teddy bear. Adult female doesn't really need a teddy bear. <laughs> a plant would be nicer than roses too because then you can keep the plant growing. Yeah, totally, totally. I've got lots of plants. Big. Now, the puffer fish, he does this because he's rather dull, not not in creativity. Clearly, he is amazing. He's a But he's genius. a very dull colour and he needs to stand out in a very dull of environment. Of course. I mean, he's living near a sandy bottom where it's just a grey sand colour. Like, now, he has to stand out. That's right. So, if you're looking for a partner, you have to stand out. I'm not going to make any links with the, whether you believe you're dull or not, but you have to stand out somehow. Yeah. Build a crop circle. Build like a crop the circle. Japanese buffer. <laughs> Now, there's other animals too that look at creating something or giving a gift to their potential partner, and I'm thinking of penguins. Oh, yes. Now, there's several species of penguins where the male will put a lot of time into building a nest. Now, obviously, being a flightless bird, the nest is on the ground. Mm-hmm. So, Gen 2 penguins will build a nest out of rocks and then present rocks to the female to say, hey, look what I found. Look at my pretty rocks. Of course. So Makes perfect sense to me. In that sense, they are also trying to compete with each other. Now, not with the intricate displays of the puffer fish. I mean, that would take him a long time. Yep. And I imagine that the movement of the currents would be washing away his design constantly. Mm. Um, but the Gen 2s, yeah, will build something a little more solid yep. in structure. And then only once the females decide that, yes, this nest does look good and, and the male does have a role here, she will actually come in and start to redecorate. 
Oh, okay. She of will course. move rocks around. She will pick up new ones. She's just fixing it, making it homely. Fixing it or taking over. Oh, tough call. You mm. don't want to anthropomorphize the animals, yep. really. Yep. Okay, yeah. but he's gone to all this trouble. Yeah. He's built this beautiful nest. Yep. Girls come in. She's gone, nah, this has got to change. No, she has appreciated what has been ah, constructed. I see, I see. But sees that there is room for modification. Oh, she sees the potential. Yeah, potential. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. yeah, exactly. Um, and then there'll be a lot of vocalising, a lot of bowing, and then yep. eventually once both are, are happy with the nest arrangement, that is when mating would occur. Of course. Yeah. Well, we're going to go to a quick song and then we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, animal courtship and we'll go on to some of the weirder ones. And I think Erin has some recommendations that I wouldn't necessarily recommend, but we'll see how we go. Well, welcome back to Out of the Blue. That was God's Gift to Women by Kate Miller-Heike. So you're listening to 855 AM. You could also be listening online at 3cr.org.au forward slash blue, uh, sorry, Radio Blue or podcasting the show. We're also on Facebook. Search for Out of the Blue 3CR and tell us what you think of the show and what you'd like to hear in the future. We're always interested in uh, listener feedback. Absolutely. So today we're talking about animals and their weird courtship leading up to Valentine's Day. And we've had some pretty strange animals so far that have Mm. been doing some very beautiful, intricate things to find themselves a mate. Look, there is some absolutely amazing beautiful uh, examples of courtship within the marine kingdom. Uh, And then there's the polar opposite. Now, I make mention of this next animal. We have mentioned it before uh, on our Sex in the Sea shows, and you can absolutely jump on and podcast them if you want to get a bit more down and dirty with the nitty-gritty of a lot of these animals. There is part one, two, and three. That's right. Uh, Some would say we're a little bit obsessed with this topic, but, hey, (laughs) it's a fascinating topic. It's all science-based. But the particular species I want to make mention of is the anglerfish. Now, uh, I want you to imagine a large female. She's about 12 centimetres Long That may not sound large, but in comparison to the male, who's maybe about mm, six millimetres long, that's gigantic. The female will be swimming around in the midnight zone. Now, that's such a great na- na- uh, named place. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is, as you can imagine, pretty black down there. And the chances of the male actually meeting the female when she's receptive is pretty low. So the male, when he finds the female, uh, well, he has a pretty interesting courtship. I would say... Pretty extreme mode. Well, kind of stalkerish. Well, okay, okay. A little bit. Yep, a little yep. bit stalkerish. Possibly, possibly. Yep, okay. okay, so his mode of courtship is to swim straight for her. Absolutely, beeline straight into her. Anywhere really, um, it could be on her face, it could be on her genital region, it could be anywhere all around her, and bite her. Uh, he clamps down on her and fuses himself with her, without her consent. Now mm. she's gone. Well, aha, uh-huh, okay, all right. Good stuff. I'm going to digest you now. I'm going to digest your brain, your heart, your spine, pretty much everything except the testicles. So Mm, the, 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 the male reproductive organs. This allows her to make use of external reproduction when she's ready anytime because really the chances of meeting a male in that period may be 
pretty low in the midnight zone. Uh, but it does also mean that she literally has a pair of testicles hanging off her at some point, somewhere. Wow. Like I said, stalkerish. Mm, mm. Mm, just a little. Well, so far we've talked about animals that have clearly defined sexes. There is the male, there is the female. Yes. But what about hermaphrodites? Oh, there's what so many What do they samples. do for Valentine's Day? What do they do for Valentine's Day? Well, we have mentioned these two in the past, but I think it's worth mentioning them again because it is a rather interesting way of doing things. Mm-hmm. So first off, we have flatworms. Oh, now, yes. there are many species of flatworm in our marine environment, mm-hmm. usually found under rocks and things. So if you're ever in rock pools, pick them up, have a look underneath. They're a flatworm. They're, they're pretty easy to identify. Um, but they are hermaphrodites. Mm-hmm. Now... When you're hermaphrodite, obviously you have male and female sex organs. It takes a lot more effort to be the female. Yes. You've got to produce eggs. That's right. You may have to lay those eggs or you may have to incubate those eggs. You may be giving birth to live young. Eggs are so energy involved, whereas sperm, not so much. No, sperm, easily replaced. So with flatworms, what they would do, and if you have any little ears in the car or near the radio, maybe turn them down. Um, they perform penis fighting mm. because they desperately want to be the male in the relationship. I see. Because that takes less energy. Yep. If you are the male, it's easier. So they will actually fight to decide who gets to be the male and who gets to be the female. I see. Now, sea hares, they're a little more generous in deciding what happens there. So sea hares, massive slug. Very common around Victoria. They usually let out um, a purple dye if you disrupt them. It's their uh, defence strategy. Okay. But what they will do is create a mating chain. I see. So like a long chain. Sometimes you see caterpillars forming a chain. The sea hares will do the same thing under the the sea. I haven't seen this, but I'll post some videos online. And what they will do is the one that is at the front will be the female. The one that joins behind that in the chain will be the male to that female, but it will also be the female to the one that links on behind it. I see. And they form this long chain and everybody gets to be male and female and everyone gets to participate. What and an there is inclusive, no fighting involved. What an inclusive society, a very altruistic society, everyone taking care of each other, I everyone know, taking turns. I it's a really good way of doing it. No, no fighting, no, no worrying fighting, about it. No fighting, it's very peaceful, yep. everyone just forms, forms an orderly line. Okay. And they just get on with it. So two top tips there for our would-be suitors, um, either penis fighting um, for the males out there. If Again, you, not recommended in public. I'm not going to be actually suggesting any of this. I'm just saying there are options. Uh, and, or, and or getting in a gigantic chain and um, each taking a turn. Yeah, again, I don't know if these translate to humans as easily as you'd like them to. Mm, maybe not. Maybe I've just been out of the game a little bit too long. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think he's showing signs of that. Now, do we have any other strategies that you think that animals might choose to use? Look, this I know one... you've been researching the more obscure ones, I want to say. <laughs> I've got to get back in the game. You've got to, you've got to challenge yourself. There, there right. is a case of um, something maybe a little bit extreme, and we have mentioned it before on one of our Sex in the Sea shows. It's when a female rock lobster is uh, ready to receive a male. Oh, now I'm going to have rock lobster stuck in my head. Oh, of course, we should have played that song. We should have played that. Now, she will approach the male uh, with those big claws, looking sexy, uh, turn around and then urinate in his face. Wow. Yes. Now, it, it's okay. I, I think mean, you have to pay to see that on cable TV. <laughs> that's that's well, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. 
<laughs> but look, he can then tell that she's ready. She's receptive. He can taste the hormones. And, uh, well, that's how they choose their mates. I'm not going to recommend that to anybody. No, I'm not going to recommend that. But I think look, lobsters have, have mastered that and we're going to let them have it. Yep, that's fine. Yep. That's fine. We'll leave it where it is. Well, we wish all the couples out there a lovely Valentine's Day on the very commercial Wednesday that it is. Um, please reconsider teddy bears and think about plants rather than roses. Plants last a lot longer. Yeah. And you can plant it and you can nurture it together or one of you can nurture it. Some people are better at plants than others. Um, so that brings us to the end of Out of the Blue for this week. You've been listening to 3CR 855 AM. Coming up next is Sally with Out of the Pan. So enjoy your Sunday. Bye-bye. Bye. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.